Amen. Thank you, team, for leading us. Hey, that was awesome. Amen. As we're talking about family, as our series has been about family, reminding ourselves that the most important family we could ever be a part of is the family of God. And so my prayer, my desire, my hope for every single one of you is that you would know the only, the one, the true Savior, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, that you would commit your life in faith to him. So if you want to become a part of a family that is eternal, it is the family of God. It is becoming a part of that family that is so essential and important to your life. Um, one of probably, in my opinions, and I think you all would agree with me, one of the worst structural failures of like all time has to be the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Like if you know, it wasn't originally going to be called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It was just going to be the Tower of Pisa. But here's the thing. They built that foundation on about three feet of limestone. And actually, what saved the tower at all was when they built three levels of it and only three foot of limestone. And that limestone was surrounded by a bunch of dense clay, which is not very great for creating a super solid foundation anyways. They had a war happen. After they were building the third level, war took out, pressed pause on the construction for about five years. And this is actually one of the big reasons that it didn't fall over is because it had enough time to solidify a little bit before it fell all the way over. They built eight levels, and it's nearly 10 degrees of a tilt. And I know that's like, oh, 10 degrees, that's not much for a building, guys. That is bad. That is really bad. Now, this building was, number one, and the reason that it's leaning is because it wasn't built on a solid enough of a foundation, right? And only, this, is, this blows my mind, in the 90s, is when they finally decided, yeah, I guess we should build counterweights so that it doesn't keep leaning. And so they put 600 tons of counterweights so that the Leaning Tower of Pisa will not one day be the Tower of Pisa on the floor type thing. So that is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, maybe you all have never heard of this building, but it is called the Torre Mayor. And it is in Mexico City. And this building is 738 feet tall at the time of its creation in 2003, it was actually the largest building and the tallest building in Latin America. There's been bigger buildings built since, but that's not really the impressive thing about it. This is the, one of the greatest earthquake-proof structures on the planet. All right, it was built to withstand earthquakes up to an 8.5 on the Richter scale, which just means that's a massive earthquake. About two to three 8.5 scale earthquakes happen a year. Not many of these happen. That's a massive size earthquake. So it was built, and the way that they were able to do this is they created 96 different diamond-shaped dampers, shock absorbers for this, and it is four times more efficient than any other building from withstanding earthquakes. This is the, the, the point that really blows my mind, is in 2003, Mexico City actually had a very massive earthquake, a 7.6 on the scale. People who were working in the office building said they didn't even feel it. And so just so you know, with 7.6, you're gonna feel it, okay? Uh, houses are gonna fall down, structures are gonna fall apart. A 7.6 earthquake is a massive earthquake, and yet the people who were in this building did not even notice it. They were just working. You just kept on with the life. And why am I talking to you about buildings? Because today we're gonna talk about our foundation in faith and in God and why it matters so, so much to our lives. See, because just like these two buildings, you can have a foundation 
that might look good at first, but with time, it's going to start leaning. Or you can have a foundation. I believe we all can have this foundation in our life and in our faith that can withstand the greatest of trials and challenges in our lives. And so today, that is what we are going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to build the right foundation. And we're going to see how this will affect not just you, but your entire family for the better. Now, here's what I think about. Too often, our family is built on the wrong priorities. Like if we're honest, you know, where are memories made? Disney, yes. Let's be honest, though. Disney's awesome. I'm not downing it. But memories aren't made there. Memories are made where you have real and honest conversations with the people you love. And so one of the things I was thinking through today is like, man, it would be so great to go on that vacation or live out that dream or or get to do this with my family. But what will I have to sacrifice in order to make that happen? Will it be worth it? Will the effort be worth the one week of vacation when I'm having to take a month of overtime just to make that one week happen? And so sometimes we overfocus on the big things and underfocus on the little things, right? The time we lose out, the hours we lose out with our kids that we could have had every single day with them, investing into them and loving into them. And so we, we do this in other places too. Like, have you ever watched a romance movie recently, right? Like, y'all, we can all predict them, and yet for some reason we still love them, right? Like, they meet each other, oh, I found him, this is the guy, or this is the girl, I'm in love with her, they have this great moment, this montage of great times and good times, and then something happens, right? Like maybe that something is, there is a secret that he was keeping, or a secret she was keeping, and it ruins everything for them. And so they split up, right, and then you get the sad music, it's got to be a rainy day after they break up, right, because that's always how it happens. And, and the only way to get the girl or guy back is with What? a giant grand gesture, right? Think about the boombox. Y'all know what I'm saying. And so like we're trying to figure out how to repair things, how to make impact on our relationships. And all the world is really showing us through movies, through media, through, uh, you know, marketing, all this stuff is like do the big thing and big things will happen in your life. Big changes will be made, man. Your life will be changed for the better. And I just personally believe that a lot of times it's the little things that actually make the biggest changes in our lives. And so a lot of times we're over-focused on the big things that if we're being honest, that trip to Disney was amazing, but it wasn't life-changing. I could have had the same conversations there as I did with my family at home. So sometimes we over-focus on the big things and under-focus on the little things that matter the most, just in the same way Y'all, if you like, come check out my house. Look at this foundation. Beautiful, right? No, you don't talk about the foundation, do you? You talk about the garden or you talk about that new roof that you got or whatever it might be. You talk about the beautiful aspects of your house. The foundation is not something that people are like showing off, right? But the foundation is the thing that holds everything on top of it. And I know some people are hurting here because they've got a bad foundation or having to deal with the reality of having foundation issues in their house, which is a lot of money and a lot of work and a lot of effort to repair something because it it wasn't done right the first time. And so this is what we want to talk about today in our faith. How do we create the firm foundation? How do we build a strong, solid foundation in our faith 
because it is the thing that will hold everything else. And so what does God say about building a firm foundation? What does God say about how our family should build its foundations? Because there's a lot of ways a building looks. You've got houses, you've got massive structures, and you've got everything in between different eras of time when houses were built. But all buildings were built on a foundation. Whether good, whether bad, they all had the singular same thing, a foundation to what they were built on. And so in the same way, our families, man, we know our families look different than everyone else's, right? We're like, man, our family is just weird. I remember the first time I realized my family was weird was when I was in college and I met people who I realized they have normal families. I have the weird family. You know, I thought it was normal to have six siblings and, you know, share a McDonald's Happy Meal. I guess that's not normal. So I learned what, you know, we all, there is no normal, right? That every family is different. Every family has its own quirks and a lot of families have their own hurts. They have their own challenges. They have their own relationships and some good and some bad and some discommunicated. Just in the same way, all buildings look different, but a building is firm and strong if it's built on the right foundation. And so this is why we need to talk about it because it applies to all of us and all the different ways our family looks, both spiritual family or biological family, but we all need to build our foundation on the right thing. And so we're gonna be starting today in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. But before we go there, we need to understand what is happening in the church of Acts right now. What is happening in the church of Acts is actually something that I pray and desire is happening at our church and that we could continue to see at our church because here's what happened. Peter, to the church in Acts, is giving the, one of the first evangelistic sermons ever given after Jesus he is sharing to them for the first time that salvation can be received through faith because of his grace, not of your works. You don't have to be an Israelite to receive this. Anyone can receive this. It's the first time this message is being proclaimed and it tells us earlier in Acts 2 the outcome of this evangelistic message. 3,000 people in this time were saved and baptized and added to the church in Acts at that time. And so these verses are right after all that has just taken place from that sermon has taken place from those people being saved and baptized. And so here is we, we dive into the story in Acts, starting in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That word by actually translates to through the apostles. So it was performed through the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So if we're going to look at a model of church that's seen reproducing, seen life saved, seen people coming together and having a greater community, this church in Acts has gotten some things right. So we need to learn from them and figure out what are they doing 
What has God put on their hearts to continue to lead and do that is creating such an outpouring in their community? Well, from those verses, I see three very essential and core foundations that we are gonna go through today. And I'm gonna give all three of them to you right now, and then we're gonna dive into them deeper. So don't worry if you don't catch one. But it's we need to build a foundation on prayer, build a foundation on the word, and build a foundation on community. Those are the three things we're gonna talk about. Those are the three essential foundations that we have to apply into our lives today and the church and acts applied in their lives at that time and they saw what? They saw lives being saved. They saw community being brought together. They were meeting together. They were congregating together and they were helping each other in any way possible. And so our first point, building a foundation on prayer. Here's what Ephesians 6.18 tells us. It says, And pray in the Spirit in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and quests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So he's telling us, man, when we pray, we should do it all the time. Not only that, he says we can do it in all different types of ways. And that we should, in every situation, continue to pray. I think sometimes I get caught up in trying to sound too good in my prayers that I overfocus on the administration of the prayer and not the application of the prayer. And so just understand that prayer is not this fancy way to talk to someone and to sound cool. It's a way to talk and communicate with God. How do you talk to your family? Talk to God that way. Have conversation with God that way. Sure, he is our holy, mighty king, but he has opened up the opportunity for us to have a personal relationship with him. So we should be more focused on talking with him than worried about how we talk with him because he would rather have communication than a sermon, right? He would rather be able to talk to you than just hear some fancy words thrown up to him. And I think about it this way, if you've ever been dis- disconnected on a phone call before. My, my parents, they live up in the middle of nowhere, close to Angola, which is still the middle of nowhere, but they live in Pleasant Lake, which is more than the middle of nowhere because it's run by the Lions Club. We don't even have a mayor up there. And there's not even a stoplight. There is a four-way stop, though. It's pretty awesome. And a gas station. And so here's the thing. There's not a lot of cell service out there. When me and my wife go up there and it's beautiful, they've got a small private lake they live on. It's beautiful out there, but there is no service. I can't text anybody. I can't call anybody because there is no service out there. And so sometimes my mom will call me and I'll be in Fort Wayne, great service, and it will start getting disconnected. Like she will be driving on her way back home and I'm like, mom, you're cutting out. And she's like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh," and it's just getting worse and worse, right? And then eventually, the line disconnects. The call ends. And, and this is what I think about when we talk about prayer to God, is how often in our lives do we disconnect ourselves from God? How often in our lives are we going to places and going to things that are disconnecting us from the communication we could be having with God? Understanding that his cell service is great. He is always available for that call. 
But there's a lot of times in our life that the sin can get in the way, that the people can get in the way, that the things we're doing right now that are not what God wants us can get in the way from us desiring to communicate to him. And so we must make sure that we put prayer as a priority in our life. And we must make sure that we remain connected to God through the communication he has given us, which is prayer. Because we cannot draw closer to him if we do not build a relationship with him. My marriage would be very short-lived if I never went out on a date and talked to my wife, right? Because we don't know each other then. In the same way, my faith with God is going to be very shallow if I never talk with him and build a relationship with him that gets deeper. And so in our faith, we must prioritize prayer. And our second point is build a foundation on the word. The word is just another phrase I use for the Bible. I hope that's not confusing, but I just say the word because it is, it is the word of God spoken out through all these authors, written through all these times, and yet is a perfect wound story all together connecting. And it's so beautiful to see God's inspired word through the Bible. And so we want to build a foundation on the word. Here's what 1 Peter 1.25 tells us. It says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is why should we build a foundation on the word? And more importantly, how can we tell what makes a good foundation? Well, what makes a good foundation is one that lasts, right? Like there are houses that are hundreds of years old and are still standing because the foundation was made so well. And then there's houses that were made just 15 years ago that are crumbling apart because the foundation was made in a hurry and it wasn't built right. And so if it's telling us right here in Peter that, that the word of the Lord endures forever, that should be our greatest metric to understand that the word of the Lord is the number one thing we should put our trust, faith in, and build our foundation on because it will last forever. Just like the Torre Mayor, which can handle the worst earthquakes, our foundation, if it is built on the word, will endure forever. It will last forever. It will go through the challenges and the hardships, and it will stay strong through them because it is something that will endure everything. And so we must build our foundation on the word because too often in life, we're relying on a foundation that won't last Here's the thing is about foundations. Like I said, even a bad foundation will last for a little while, right? Even a bad foundation can last for a little while. And so in our lives, if we're, really, if we're willing to be honest, have I built my life on the wrong foundation? Because when I build my foundation and my whole purpose in life is about my family, that lasts for a long time, but 18 years come and they go and that kid goes off to college and the foundation that you built your entire life on is gone. I can build my foundation on, on success and pursue the next job and the biggest job, but you will get to a place in your life where there is nothing more to level up to, to accomplish, and you go, what have I built my foundation on? There is a place where you can pursue every single money-giving opportunity possible and you can pursue money and wealth in every single way, but there is a place you will get to in your life where you will just say, this doesn't get me everything I'm desiring. This doesn't make me happy. It might get me things, but it can't get me the joy. And so every foundation can last for a while. 
but the foundation that we want to put our eternity, our faith, and our trust in should last for forever. And this is what the word is. This is his truth, God's truth, spoken to us, written out in the word so that we can read it. It endures forever. It is the foundation we should build our entire lives on because it endures forever. His word will stack up against anything else and it will endure longer than anything else. And so build your foundation on the right thing. Our third point, build a foundation on community. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says it this way, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, we have to. We need to continue to meet together. And can I just be real? This is not community. You're listening, I'm talking. That's not community. Community is when you get plugged into a small group. Community is when you get plugged into serving and have people around you that you serve alongside. Community is when you find a smaller group of Christians and believers at this church or outside of this church who all believe in Jesus as their savior and wanna dive in deeper to the word, to prayer, to his truth. That is how you build community. And so my challenge to you and, and my desire for you is that you would seek out community, that you would desire community more than you would just desire other things of this world. But I was thinking through this and I was just like, why is it so difficult to build community? Why is it so difficult to prioritize meeting with people over just going through your week with your family? Well, if we're really willing to be honest, we create a lot of excuses for the things that we don't prioritize. And so I found myself doing this in my life where our small group wants to meet and Caroline's not too, feeling too well and I just want to lay on the couch and I'm just like, let's just say we can't go today. Let's just create excuses because, because I would rather sit on this couch than talk about God with other people. That's what I'm saying when I did that. And so in all of our lives, we can create excuses for things we do not prioritize. But the things that we prioritize most, the things we care about most, we will make time for and we will want to be there for. And so my ask, my desire is prioritize community because it is the thing that holds us together, that keeps us together. The verse Hebrews tells us that it spurs us on, right? Think about it this way. If you've ever ran a race, maybe it was a 5K, a 10K, maybe you did track and field, maybe it was a half marathon, a full marathon, whatever you did, if you had a supportive family like I grew up with, and I know that that's a blessing in itself that I had that, and you're getting to that last lap, right? Man, you're getting tired, you're gassed, you're exhausted, and you're just like, I don't know if I can keep going. And you look over, and you see those people who you care about, you see your community, your family, your friends, maybe that girl you've been talking to, and you're just like spurred on to keep going. Because what other people do in our faith is the same thing. They spur us on, they continue to push us and to tell us to keep going, keep doing it, keep going in the faith. It is worth it. They remind us it is worth it in the times when we can't remind ourselves. And so community needs to be important. It needs to be prioritized in your faith because if it is not, 
it's really difficult to do it alone. And more than that, God has not designed us to do it alone. We are people who desire other people. We have been created to build relationships and have relationships. And so if you have nobody, life gets lonely. And so I desire for all of us to prioritize a community of believers because what I do know is we all do seek out community, but what community am I seeking out? If it's not a community of believers, then let's be honest, it's probably a community of people who don't believe in God. And although our mission and our desire should be to reach those who do not know God, our community, the people who should encourage us and spur us on should know God so that we can be spurred on and encouraged in the faith and continue in the faith as we seek out other people who do not know God. And so if we have nobody, man, life can get so lonely. So we said build a foundation on prayer, build a foundation on the word, and build a foundation on community. And I would just ask this question, like I heard Todd say this, and, and I love it, and other people say this too, but what's the definition of insanity? Right? It's, it's doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And so what I would say right now is I'm, I'm outlining it for you. Prioritize prayer, the word, community. But if you leave today and you're like, that was a really good message. I felt really encouraged about that. And then you just continue on your week the way you've always been doing it. Nothing will change. And we just have to be honest to admit and realize that. Nothing is going to change if I don't make change. And so in my faith and in my life, I have to take a step into these things if I want to see actual change occur in my life. So how do we do that then? Well, I'll tell you. The first step into each of these, I'm going to give you the first step every single one of us can take into every single one of these things. The first step we can take into building a foundation of prayer, we're talking about it, 24 hours of prayer. Commit one hour this upcoming weekend to pray. And I know prayer is sometimes like a difficult thing. An hour of prayer sometimes can feel intimidating, but I just want you to know we've got other people there. We've set up prompts and guides and, and ways to help you go through an hour of prayer and it is not going to go slow. You're gonna be like, where'd that hour go? But I desire for our church to be a church that believes in the power of prayer, amen. And so if we believe in the power of prayer, then let's show it by setting an example to every single one of each other. Sign up for a time to pray. We've got a lot of Saturday slots that we wanna fill I mean, and I'm just so excited to get to see the community, our church, come together and pray. Because there's nothing greater we can do in our life than just talk to God. Give it to God. Give it all to God because there's so little I can do. But there's so much he can. And so I give it to God every single day, every single hour, every single minute. Because in of myself, I can do very little. But through him and through his power, I can move mountains. So how do I build a foundation on the word, you might ask? Every single one of you has a phone that is a free app available to you called the Bible app. Every single one of you in the America today has the access to a Bible on your phone. And here's the cool thing. You, it's kind of like, like Bible, Bible social, you know, you can add friends to it. 
It'll even look through your contacts and see if anyone else is already on there. And here's what I would challenge you to do. Get the app, find another friend and choose to do a plan with them because what happens when you do a Bible plan with someone else? You're held accountable to do that Bible plan. You can't wake up and be like, I don't feel like it today. You're like, oh, they're gonna call me out if I don't get to it today because we need that accountability in our life. And so if you wanna prioritize the word, prioritize getting into the word. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day and your life will be changed. Like we don't realize the little things, how great of an impact they can have, but they do because if we put ourselves in truth, if we ground ourselves in truth every single morning when we get up, then our day, our life, we remind ourselves of that truth throughout it. We continue to hold to that truth when the lies come in, when the evil comes in, when the sin comes at us. We can be grounded in truth if we keep it a priority. It's that little thing every single day that has a crazy impact on your life. And most importantly, that word, that truth, is the only thing that can save you. It is a thing that provides salvation in heaven. Lastly, how do I build a foundation on community? Make it a priority. Make it a priority. There's a lot of feelings we can throw at ourselves. I don't know anybody, right? I don't know anybody, so how could I start a group? Get this, it's crazy. You can walk up to somebody you don't know who's at this church today and be like, hi, my name is fill in the blank. And you can say, you know, I don't really know you, but I would love to get to know you by diving into the word together. God, it's not complicated, guys. I know it takes a little bit of courage, but we don't have to know people perfectly in order to get and dive into the word with them and build community with them. We don't have to be best friends with the people that we decide to get into the word with because we will draw closer together as we draw closer to the word. We will build community through diving into the word of God, the Bible. So start a group, make it a priority. And, and all of this is so important because what I don't want you to do is just like prioritize one thing in your life. I really need you to understand like the value of all three things because God has given us very clearly that these foundations are essential to our faith. And so what I've done here is kind of created hopefully a visual that makes you understand this. We've got our cement mix and, and we would look at this and call this the word, right? The truth. We've got our water, man. It's flowing, it's living, it's active. We would call this our prayer. And we've got this empty cup, which is what we would consider our community. Now here's the thing. All of these alone don't really hold up. Water isn't very strong on its own. The dirt, the cement mix, it's not strong alone. And this cup has nothing to withstand any of the trials. But when we put it together, when we bring community and prayer, and I know I'm not doing the perfect cement mix here, people who care about that. But when we put it together and when we bring it together, we're starting to build a foundation and what occurs when we build that foundation correctly, when we value all three things, is we build something that is solid. We create something, man, it, 
it can't be moved. It is so heavy and strong and it will last all of time because we have built our foundation on the right things. And so if your life feels like you can never get a hold of your faith, that you can never feel like you have trust in God because things keep throwing at you, I just want you to hear this. Maybe it's because you haven't built your foundation on the right things. And so when trials come, you start to feel like you're leaning. Build your foundation on the prayer, on the word, and on community, and you will build a foundation that will withstand the greatest trials. It doesn't mean they won't come. It doesn't mean it won't hurt. But it does mean that when you build your foundations correctly, it will withstand the trials that you face. And you will learn and grow and be better through those trials and through those challenges when you have built your foundation correctly. When you build your foundation <laughs> so that the earthquakes can't move it, so that the storms come and they go, but your foundation remains. And so this is why it is so important for us to build a firm foundation in our life and in our faith, because without it, man, life is tough already. And if I don't build my foundation correctly, then it is going to fall apart. If I prioritize the wrong things and build my foundation on success, family, whatever it is for you, it will crumble. Bad foundations can last for a little while, but they cannot endure forever like the foundation of God will. And so understanding in your life, wherever you're at, that man, we gotta build better foundations. And how do we build foundations? Well, we gotta understand the ingredients it takes to make a foundation. So if we back up, before we even understand anything, you have to be saved. You have to know Jesus. And so what I would share with you all right now is it's very simple, but it takes a serious commitment. Because the, the word tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same position in life, guys. What we have done, what our desires have caused, has earned us sin. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. The hope is that the free gift of God, though, is eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. But how do we get that? Well, it says very simply, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Do you know what you're doing when you're saying that? You're saying, I serve you, God. I am going to stop serving myself. That's tough to do. But if you choose to do it, and it says, and, and, and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, Right? Believe that what he said is true. Believe that our God is still alive today. Believe that that God who died on the cross for us rose again and is living and active today. That that grave did not stop him. That that stone did not stop him. That those people did not stop him because he is God. And it says, you will be saved. There's no uncertainty in that. There is certainty in that that you will be saved. You can receive salvation today. It is the greatest choice you'll ever make. And it is the ingredients you need to start building the right foundation in your life. And so that is my desire for us, church, that we know Jesus and that we start building our foundations on the core ideas that God has given us through the word. I pray the word and community, how essential they are in our life and in this thing called faith that we get to go through our whole life. Would y'all pray with me? Father God, I know that we got a lot of people here today and what I would just pray and what I, what I desire 
right now in, in Jesus' name, in your name, that we could break the bad foundations together. That those right now who, who are stumbling through life, they feel like they can't get a hold of life, they feel like everything is just falling on top of them, that they would realize that it's because I need to build my foundation on you. I need to serve you and stop serving myself. And that is a tough choice to make because not a lot of us want to do it, God. And so I'm just asking for your power to work through the hearts right now, for your power to remind us that we need a Savior. We need you, God. We cannot do it of ourselves. We are not you, And so could we come to a place of humility where we would realize in our lives that we need a savior, we need you. And that we would confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that we would believe in our hearts that you rose from the dead and we will be saved. Most importantly, that we would take that salvation and we would put it into action, God that we would get to know you and communicate with you through prayer and that we would get to learn about you and and read your truth that endures forever through the word and that we would have brothers and sisters alongside us to build community, to spur us on and to continue in this crazy life that we live in. Because we need to talk to you. We need to be reminded of your truth through the word and we need community to help us spur on through the times when it gets so difficult. And so God, I pray in your name and in your power, salvation over these people, life change over these people, that you would do a work, that you would begin a work in people's hearts, God, that you, you, through your power, through your name, the people would come to know you, God, in our church, that we would be known as as people who are trying to reach the lost, as people who are trying to, to lead the blind into sight, as people who are trying to share truth to a nation that continues to fill itself with lies, God, that, that we could be so passionate about the lost Lord that it would just come out of us in every way possible that we would be irresistibly unashamedly sharing our faith and the truth of the gospel in your wonderful and powerful name amen thank you so much Noah thank you thank you hey listen our next step right now